Hi there, my name is Mary Kilolea. Welcome to the To Be Boulder podcast, providing career insights for the next generation of women in business and tech. To Be Boulder was created out of my love for technology and marketing, my desire to bring together like-minded women, and my hope to be a great role model and source of inspiration for my two girls and other young women like you. Encouraging you guys to show up and to be bolder and to know that anything you guys dream of, it's totally possible. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. Thank you for tuning in. My guest just launched her new book, Surviving in a Man's World, and she knows this firsthand, so I'm so excited to talk to her about this. Ivania Martinez is a keynote public speaker, business consultant, and electronic engineer who holds a master's degree in computer science. She has worked in technology and engineering for more than 25 years. Born in Costa Rica, Ivania lives in Santa Clara, California with her husband, twin son, and daughter and dog. She believes in working hard and celebrating harder. Ivania enjoys building strong teams and coaching and mentoring others in their career progressions. She is dedicated to promoting more women into STEM careers by actively engaging in academic, government, and industry groups that focus on this purpose. Ivania, thanks for being here. I love your book title, Surviving in a Man's World, a Career Woman's Toolkit to Thrive and Achieve Greatness. Thank you, Mary, for having me. I'm very excited for being here in your program. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So tell me what motivated you to write this book. Actually, I tell the whole story in chapter one of the book. But in summary, I I wanted to leave a legacy. I wanted mm. to leave a documented uh, way to to help these younger females that came up in the in the um, you know in, in the men's world, right? <laughs> and I wanted to you know document all my learnings in a book. That's so worthwhile, and and I can relate to that. That's you know kind of the essence of why I do this podcast. Um, you talk about needing a survival kit. What's in a survival kit in your eyes? Well. This is an analogy that I do in my book that I I'm I'm telling the audience that I'm going into this journey and in the journey I need different elements for me to survive for example a GPS right and then I need uh, a radio to communicate and I need essentials like water or like a light and each of these elements in the book I'm making a relationship of what does they mean in the in the career Mm-hmm. Like the GPS, like mapping myself, knowing myself and a radio communication, why it's important to have good communication and good reception. And I keep doing this analogy throughout the book. Do you wish you would have had this map or survival toolkit when you were younger? Of course, of course. And I think that's the legacy that I want to leave, right? That women can have these tools that I learned with a lot of mistakes and a lot of struggle during my career and that maybe this map can help them. And by the way, I'm even giving this map to my children that they are Mm. starting to their careers as well. So that's my ambitions. And that's why I think it's important to share this with younger generations. Well, I love that analogy. So why is it so important to identify strengths and deliverables that connect business goals and define your next career step? That's actually, that's part of the the mapping of yourself, knowing Mm -hmm. yourself, knowing your strength. Because if if you think about this, like like a soccer player, right? He has his skills and his strengths and he enjoys what he's doing. It's the same in your career, right? You 
uh, have this strength. And if you put this strength into your career, you will enjoy it. It will be natural. It will be very, very easy for you. Like in my case, um, I am a really good planner. So, and I tell this analogy also in the book, I compensate my lack of orientation, for example. If I plan correctly, mm-hmm. I and I put this lack of orientation in my in my planning, then I can get to the to the destination in an easier way. So that's the same. I mean, if I, I use my planning skills for my career and where I wanted to do it and when I want to put these products out there, is 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 something that I can excel and I do it in a natural natural way, basically. At what point in your career do you think you started to recognize your own strengths? Because I think as women, we don't recognize them until, I don't want to say we get to a certain age, but we've been doing work for so long and you figure out what works, what doesn't. And then, you know, it secretly you're like, oh, that is a superpower of mine. I didn't realize yeah. it. Yeah, Actually, you're right. I think you have to make the effort, right? And honestly, I learned this very early in my career. And I, I have to thank one of my um, colleagues at that time. She told me that the way that she learned about herself was asking feedback to others mm. about herself. And then I start putting that in practice. And first, you need a lot, a lot of, um, you need to be humble, right? <laughs> to hear the <laughs> feedback. But it really helps you, right? Because then you start understanding what are you good at and what are you not good at, right? And then what I did um, is that I start using my strengths to really excel and not focus too much on my weaknesses, let's say it that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's wonderful. I actually, in the last year or so, I have had a couple different women that I have worked together with ask me for feedback. Like, I, I just want to grow and I, I would love any feedback that uh, how I gave that presentation or how I could have handled this meeting differently. And I just thought, wow, that's just so wonderful to see them take that initiative. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, there wasn't much I could say because I, I think they were harder on themselves. <laughs> yes. But true. yeah. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about your career risk. You've taken that were scary and paid off. <laughs> well, honestly, when you make that question, I, it comes to my mind immediately, the risk to move from mm. my country and come to the United States. Because it was not only me um, taking the risk. I dragged my husband. He, <laughs> he, he changed his career. Mm. He dropped his business. And I dragged my kids as well, which my children are the only only kids in the family. So I was also affecting my mom and my yeah. sister and my dad, right? And, and the problem was that when I came uh, to this new position, I found out that, oh my God, I don't like it, right? Mm. And then what am I going to do? I drag all my family and we move, make all this move. We even bring the dog with us, right? <laughs> so, and then I realized that, well, I had to just, you know, do it. That's it. Right. And out of it, it came so many other learnings and so many other things, for example, even writing the book, Mm -hmm. because in probably my country, I would not have written this book. And and if you see it in English too, by the way, right. Which make it something even harder, but very, very satisfactory, by the way. (laughs) Absolutely. No, very, very, uh, 
I'm I'm an aspiring author, so I always admire authors. <laughs> Good. Uh, in your book, you talk about knowing the most appropriate method of communication style for different scenarios. What are some different approaches, and why is it so important to apply those to be effective? Yeah, and that's actually very interesting. It's a whole chapter in my book because when I was growing in my career, I was the only female in the teams, and I start noticing that when I when I was speaking, sometimes they were like, what are you trying to tell, right? Nobody mm -hmm. was understanding me, right? And I thought it was me that I was not technical enough, that I was not good enough, you know, all these things. And then I noticed that it was just my communication style, which was different. I used to uh, say different concepts in a very simple way mm -hmm. and with a lot of analogy. And sometimes people don't like that, right? Or I give analogies of things that people don't really relate to. Like, of course, being the only female in the mm -hmm. team, I was talking about, I don't know, knitting <laughs> or cross-stitching or cooking. And they were like, oh my God, what she's talking about, right? <laughs> so then I realized that I have to understand my audience, right? right? Mm -hmm. And adjust to my audience in order to make the message go through, right? And, 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 Like what I say in my book is like you are lost in this jungle and you are expecting somebody to come and rescue you, but you are you don't have a radio, you don't have anything to send that mm -hmm. signal, right? And being in sync with your manager is super important because your manager is the first antenna to mm -hmm. that world, right? And he tuned you to that world and, and making sure that you get these opportunities that you need. That's why so such an important communication style and adjusting this communication style to your to, to your audience, honestly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you talk about networking and say, build your professional network based on your needs. What do you mean by that? I mentioned this because I had a really um, interesting experience doing my, I really wanted to have this authority, right? Because if you compare with men, men, it's so easy for them, right, to, to um, click and to work together. And us women, first of all, it's very few women in engineering. Second, it's so difficult to click among ourselves, right? So I was always wondering to create this network and to have this um, sorority, right? And I was not really very successful, let's say it that way. So then I realized that It's about having that upward network, which I said, and downward uh, uh, network as well, and making sure that you drag the rest with you, right? And that's what I call the real network, right? And, and not only you trying to survive, but also making sure that you connect with other females. For example, uh, maybe my, my lawyer should be a female. Maybe my, my doctor should be a female. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should be reading books about females. That's, that's really your real network. You're building this sorority and supporting others in their careers. Yeah. You write in the book about our model, A-R-E. Can you explain that? Yeah, actually, this model I created in order to explain others, because, you know, when I was coaching females about how to survive in hostile environments, mm. you know, I was giving examples. And this model is that, is how I explain others 
how you approach hostile environments. A, like, again, like animals in the wild, mm -hmm. that they have their predators and all that. We will have these things right around us. And R talks about the A is about act. When you have these microaggressions, for example, when you are uh, interrupted in the in, in the meetings, how you address that, right? And you have to act immediately. And the R is about report. There are things that you should never let go, like sexual harassment, for example, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or hostile environments, right? And the E about education, because there's a lot of, if you, there's a lot of unconscious biases, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of educating the others mm -hmm. in your culture, in the biases that these people have, and educate yourself too. That's the R model. And, and it explains how you deal with this hostile environments. That's such an important topic. Um, and he, another topic that you touch, touched on, which I, I don't think we hear a lot about anymore, or, or maybe we do, I just haven't dealt with it personally, is the queen bee syndrome. Mm -hmm. What does it mean and how would you handle a situation? Well, actually, the queen bee syndrome, um, yes, I think we should talk more about that, right? It, it, it was first mentioned in 1973. And I think the problem was that it was stigmatized only for women, right? And, and it's like these movies that you watch, like, um, the Devil Wears Prada or, mm -hmm. or Mean Girls, right? But it's not only among females, it's also minorities in general, right? And actually it should be called self-distancing syndrome because what happened is that these people, let's talk about women, right? These women that are super, super um, successful, they start distancing from the others. Mm -hmm. So they will not be um, correlated to the others, women, right? And the problem is that you see all these very successful women that are not helping other women. Mm -hmm. And they are really even trying to get traits of the other group, in this case, men, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that if we educate on this concept and what I call, we apply pest control <laughs> to these queens <laughs> and make sure that these queens help the others or they mm -hmm. don't exist at all then we will have a better sorority. I think the same way that we educate on sexual harassment and mm -hmm. how to avoid harassment, well, we should educate on Queen Bee syndrome and how to avoid that and how to apply pest control. Yeah, I think I've had a Queen Bee in my <laughs> career. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. Um, you have the scars and everything. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let I we I, we haven't really touched on your career. We focused on your book. Talk mm -hmm. to me about your career, what you do, and and you know how how you chose this path. Well, actually, um, I would say I would summarize my career in four big groups. First and the most important is I love to manage people. So I've been a people manager like twenty. Four out of 25 years of my career, something like that, right? And I, I love to be around people. I do believe the most difficult problems to solve are people problems, right? Because technical problems, in my case, I believe is a matter of just studying and just, you know, applying the right math and applying the right physics and you will solve it. But managing people problems is very, very complex, right? And that's why I have a lot of passion about that. Then um, managing products, 
in my career, I have been, you know, pushing a lot of products out of the door and shipping a lot of products, working uh, with different technologies. Um, also managing these products from the, not only product level, but also the program level. I mean, and a lot of operations, most of my career has been on that area, operate operations. And the fourth, I would say, is uh, inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. And I always drive inclusiveness um, programs and initiatives. I started a lot of networks uh, of women a uh, long time back, and I have connected a lot with governments in order to really promote more females into STEM government and um, also universities and colleges and making sure that we have more females in the STEM. Oh, that, that's fantastic. When you talk about, you know, the roles in tech that you've done, how do you maintain or stay up or keep current with tech acumen? Well, I love to study. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and this part of, uh, of my life, I like two big parts, studying and math. I love math. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very important when you have that passion about studying. For me, it's very easy to study a new technology, study a, study a new software, study a new hardware, right? Uh, because I have that passion and I go to the, to the detail, to the next level, right? All the time. And I think that's important if you are in technology um, because technology always change, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same yeah. as, you know, doctors, they have to keep studying. We have to do the same in technology. And, and um, well, it's hard because you have to keep up to speed, but well, if you love to do it, that's no problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you give people on when you mentor them on transitioning from one part of the business to another? Does that come up? Because, I mean, I think there's a lot of great opportunities within within corporations Mm -hmm. to try new roles, but sometimes it's a hard, hard um, to pivot or see how you can leverage your skills in a new role. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Well, yeah, totally agree because there is a lot of unconscious biases, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And people want to stigmatize you. Okay, this person comes from design and they can only do design, or this person comes from operations and can only do operations. I think you have to be brave, but I think that's part of our um scheme we women we are always very brave especially in technology right so you have to be brave and i think you have to have that passion for learning and and going through a getting out of your comfort zone right if you are that type of person it's no problem mm-hmm. and then you have such a big opportunity to rotate and go to different uh jobs it's funny because my husband keeps telling me well it's incorporated so easy you get born in something and then you just move into <laughs> another one which is okay yeah you <laughs> you should do that by the way what would you tell your 20 year old self yeah uh, well keep being brave and stop worrying i think <laughs> <laughs> i that's i 
I said that in my book, uh, you have to have this stubbornness to survive, mm-hmm. right? Um, because at, at my 20 years, I have already gone through a lot of no's. Mm. Why you decide to, to study electronic engineering, why you decide to pick this career and a lot of no, no, no's, right? So at that time already, I already have like half of the no's that I have now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and and you touch on a a kind of a point for my next question, and that's career resilience, because to me, career resilience is taking those no's, but not letting those no's stop you Mm -hmm. and continuing to drive forward. So how have you been able to develop that career resilience and what advice would you have for others on building that? Yeah, uh, I think it, I, I go back to this concept of a stubbornness to survive, mm-hmm. right? I think mm-hmm. um, that I come from a family of very strong women, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom being so str- strong, you know, I, I tell the story very funny that um, she she keep telling my sister and I, look, you know, she she is 16 years younger than my dad. And she keeps telling us, you know, when, you know, your dad is kind of old, so you <laughs> should study, right, and become become independent. And because you, you don't know, maybe your dad, you know, let us and you have to be independent. And it's funny because my sister said, well, my sister is a doctor in science and she has a microbiology title and she has a master's degree in computers uh, in, in um, business administration and my dad is still very much alive <laughs> that was the way that my mom <sighs> taught us to get all these opportunities that she didn't have right yeah, yeah. and a lot of no's that she had in her life and her career yeah. and she made us strong to really achieve what we wanted without hearing what other people say right basically yeah. Um, and how have you applied that to your children? The same way, <laughs> but, not, but not with example of the dad. <laughs> no, I tell my children, look, um, there's so many opportunities, right? A lot of people. And I tell them, look, uh, there's a lot of children, especially women, that they want to uh, study, right? And they don't have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right. And here we are with all this opportunity. You are whole. You have your everything. Right. And you just need to apply yourself. Right. And um, and follow your passion. I think I always tell children in general that uh, and I, I have given a lot of workshops to parents. And one of the things that I say in order to motivate more uh, kids into STEM is that you really need to let them follow their passion. You know, like, again, like a soccer player, right? Mm -hmm. Because then it will not be a job. It will be your life, right? Yeah. Um, What does to be bolder mean to you? By the way, I love that concept. Oh, my God. It's a wow when I read it. This definitely summarizes what women has to be. We have to be brave. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe, right? Because we have to deal with so many things in our career, right? Mm -hmm. So many biases and so many social pressure, right? And uh, it's very hard, right? When I was uh, looking into other females that they just leave their career and their Mm -hmm. passions when they have children, I was thinking this will not happen to me, right? 
But then when I had my children, oh my God, I was so wrong because the guilt, right? And yeah. the social pressure. And it's so hard, right? <laughs> and I have twins. <laughs> and it was so hard because I wanted to keep being in my career, but then I have all these other responsibilities, right? And the only way is being brave, being bold, right? I love it. Many women struggle with finding their voice. How have you found your voice and what advice do you have for others in finding their voice in especially a man's world? Actually, that's a really good question. For me, I would say I just had it in my DNA the same Mm -hmm. because my mom is so strong, right? She wanted to have us boys, right? And Mm -hmm. then she, she educated us like that. When I see other younger female not being able to speak up from about themselves or uh, put their projects and their voice there in their activities uh, what I do is amplify what they mm. are saying and, and this is a concept that in Obama's administration he bring it up and he said okay if one female said one thing another female has to amplify it I was doing that before the concept existed <laughs> anyway <laughs> I think we, that's the important thing of being a sorority, right? Uh-huh. Um, being next to that coach or mentor that can help you and amplify you or your manager. Sometimes I ask my manager, look, I'm going to say this, but you have to back me up, right? And that's how you are being heard. Not only one voice, it has to be several voices yeah. trying the same concept. Yeah. What do you see most often come up when you coach and mentor others in their career progression? I think it's the lack of having this nap that I Mm. mentioned in chapter Mm -hmm. one and not knowing themselves, Mm -hmm. not knowing their strengths, uh, mapping themselves is super important and communicating that map in a a very natural way to others. Because if you do that and your manager is in sync with you, then you will find more opportunities and you can connect the dots easily, right? I think that's what come out more. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's one of the challenges that we face is, is knowing where we want to go to because people can't help us get there if they don't know, if we don't even know where we're going to exactly. get go to. If you get lost, how come you where you have to go? Right? Yes. Um, well, it has been a joy to talk to you. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to cover or share with the audience before we wrap it up? Well, no, just uh, the importance of really, really being perseverant, right? Being stubborn, as I said. Mm -hmm. But the most important thing is be a community. I think that being a community and helping others. um, As I said in my book, if you learn your path, showing the path to others, right? Mm -hmm. If you learn how to communicate, help others transfer their message, right? If you were able to build your network, be the network for somebody else, right? And most important, apply pest control, right? <laughs> not, not let those people monopolize um, yeah. the, the world, right? And, and be able to be a sorority. I will include your LinkedIn um, bio and uh, URL, and then also uh, your book and thank where you. people can get it. So thank, thank you. you so, so much for being on here today. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the episode today. It was really fun chatting with my guest. If you liked our show, please like it and share it with your friends. 
If you want to learn what we're up to, please go check out our website at 2bbolder.com. That's the number two, little b, boulder.com.